Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who refuse to watch Star Wars for no reason but to make people mad. I'm Hannah Leach. That's me, by the way. (laughs) I do that. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2002's Get a Clue. This month on Disney Channel. Have you ever written something that caused something else to happen? Lexi's the coolest girl in school, but when something she writes leads to trouble, she's got to solve the mystery herself. <laughs> Lexi Gold is played by Lindsay Lohan. We are here talking about a relative oldie but a goodie today. Uh, Audrey, how do you feel about the the content at hand today. Well, it should be noted again that we did pre-watch. So we've already seen yes. Get a Clue again. And um, I don't want to spoil my opinions, but I'm feeling very good about Get a Clue in general, especially through uh, since we've had some somewhat tumultuous films recently. <laughs> I'm feeling good about the uh, the vibe of Get a Clue. I totally agree. Um, And I just want to say for our video viewers, I am wearing my Get a Clue inspired look right now. I have a ascot made from a really long black satin uh, ribbon that I found, a beret, and a very sleevy blouse and earrings that are little orange wedges. And very minimal makeup because they don't really wear makeup in this movie. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah, because they're like middle schoolers. But I thought that I thought the yeah. makeup they did wear was really tasteful. Yes, I agree. And the other reason why is because I got a weird thing lasered off my eyelid yesterday. <laughs> so I can't wear makeup even if I wanted to. So we're doing middle but school. <laughs> literally, we're doing middle school. We're doing concealer, brows, lip gloss. That's it. Mascara. Anyway, so I had to step it up in other departments to compensate. <laughs> I forget. It doesn't matter. But my eyeshadow looks, frankly, fucked in the video <laughs> for Twilight. And I would just like to say, it's better in real life. You needed front light. Yeah. That day was a stressful one. The power was out in my house that yeah. day. So front light was not an option. Right. Anyway, shall we get into the facts yes. surrounding Get a Clue? Get a Clue first aired on Disney Channel as a Disney Channel original movie on July 20th, 2002. Cancer season, baby. Just what we like in life. Uh, it was directed by Maggie Greenwald, who didn't really have that many other directing credits, but I did find very interestingly, she did a lot of directing for The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo, which is a show that I did not remember. Do you remember that, Audrey? No. Okay, so... I thought it was noteworthy because the synopsis of the show is that it's uh, it details the adventures of an aspiring detective girl who solves crime in her spare time. And I was like, that's kind of the same thing as what we're doing yeah, here. Lines up. Um, and the girl who stars in Shelby Woo was in All My Children and Joy Luck Club and like kind of nothing since then, which I thought was interesting. Um, I'm sure she killed it. But whatever. (laughs) Um, 
Also, it's important to mention that this movie was directed and written by women, which I think you can tell when you watch it. The production team is not noteworthy. I'm not even going to get into it because it's so not worth it. Uh, but the writer of the screenplay for this movie is Elena Sanko, and she wrote a lot of Just for Kicks and a few episodes of Oswald, which I had to bring <laughs> up for Audrey. Um, and she was also a story editor on Roseanne sad and life's work which i don't know what that is but that was kind of her main like thing sounds like another sitcom so, it doesn't it sound kind of jesus-y to you maybe it feels very like end of life to me oh. maybe that's it maybe it's set in a retirement home or something Anyway, you know, there is a resource for that and it is called IMDb and I was right there, but I didn't press the button <laughs> to find out. So anyway, Audrey, would you like to read us these plot synopses? Yeah, so I guess we've got a horrible one and a good one. <laughs> um, and the horrible yes. one's from IMDb and it reads as follows. A wealthy student with too much fashion sense, her equally rich friends, and her rival slash superior from the school paper work together to solve the case when their teacher goes missing. Isn't that, like, atrocious? Yeah, that, there was zero groove to that um, whatsoever. No groove. No groove. And then... <laughs> And then the good one from Disney Plus is 13-year-old fashionista Lexi Gold prides herself on getting the inside scoop for her school's gossip column. But when her English teacher, Mr. Walker, goes missing, Lexi takes the lead on what could be the story of the century, teaming up with her friends to find out what really happened to Mr. Walker. Disney Plus writes the best synopses. They respect their own IP so much. But I will say my one complaint for Disney Plus is that they do not make their synopses copy and pasteable. So I have to hand transcribe it every yeah. time. Which, <laughs> hateful. It's yes. also very Disney-esque, though. <laughs> yeah, that's really true. They would like to discourage this discourse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what's next. Yeah, so... As for taglines, we have one, and that is trust no one, question everything, get a clue. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a solid fine. Yeah. And they do not shy away. Any they do not shy away from saying get a clue. Oh, they say get a clue as often as they possibly can. Yes. They say it incessantly, even. Mm -hmm. But... I think it works in this movie. It's an example of one that works. Okay, so with all that in mind, let's get into this cast. So obviously this movie is anchored by Lindsay Lohan as Lexi Gold. What What is there to say about Lindsay Lohan that hasn't been said already? But one little piece of info that I saw that I thought everyone would appreciate is that Everyone has heard of the infamous three-movie contract that young Lindsay Lohan had to sign with Disney at the very beginning. And Get a Clue was the last film that Lindsay Lohan stars in under that original contract that required her to do three movies. The other two of that trifecta being The Parent Trap and Life Size, which we've covered one of those already. And we will definitely be doing The Parent Trap at some point. That's Lindsay. And she is, Audrey and I were commenting on how she's in a really unique like deep tween stage in this movie that was fun to watch especially because this movie 
does not do her dirty in any ways, no. which we will come back to later. Yeah, and and it's like before she was so over-sexualized. Yeah, exactly. Um, next up, we have an individual named Bug Hall, <laughs> which I did not know this was a person. Audrey, had you ever heard this name? Uh, yeah, but like I did Google him because to me, he looks so much like the current teen heartthrob Joshua Bassett who is the one who dated Olivia Rodrigo, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, But yeah. they look really similar. Like him at that age, Bug Hall at that age, and Joshua Bassett now, they look like mm-hmm. twins. That's funny because, like, speaking to the current teen heartthrob thing, because when we were watching it, uh, my boyfriend was like, he reminds me of Ross Lynch and Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of has that vibe. But Harvey and Sabrina is like, legit a human golden retriever and that is not what jack is like right so to me his most notable credits were that he was in little rascals which i thought was funny and um i have not seen baby driver neither have i i I decided not to a long time ago (laughs) okay so neither of us can comment on this but uh bug hall is listed as being on the soundtrack for baby driver singing You Are So Beautiful. So I'm guessing he, like, maybe had a scene in the movie where he's, like, singing on screen. It's like they're in a club or something and there's a dude singing in the background. That's kind of what I imagine, but I have no idea. Next up, we have Ian Gomez as Mr. Walker, who I recognized so much the whole time, but I couldn't place where he was from. But then I found out he was Mike in My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which... I still don't know who Mike is, but I have seen my big fat Greek wedding several times. Still gets a lot of work now. Good for him. Um, Up next, we have the one and only Brenda Song as Jennifer. And I think we can all agree ubiquitously she is known as having played London Tipton in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Plus, she was on Phil of the Future as Tia. And even more obviously, she was Wendy Wu in Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. But since that time, she's done a lot of TV, which I had no idea that that was true. Um, I don't know why. Uh, But she was in New Girl, Dad's Scandal, Pure Genius, and Dollface, among other things. And she's also uh, entered the cultural consciousness in a more significant way lately due to her and uh, Macaulay Culkin having their first child together, which is really cute. She's also in the social network. Oh, yeah, she is. Interesting. I forgot about that. <laughs> Brenda Song is in the social network as well. Yeah. Okay, next up we have uh, Ali Mukadam, who is, uh, he played Ray in Radio Free Roscoe, which I don't know what that is, but it seems like something other people our age would know based off the time period. Um, he was Wheelie in Roly Poly Oly, <laughs> which we okay. watched a good amount of Roly Poly Oly at one point. <laughs> Um, he was Mohammed in Degrassi, The Next Generation, Johnny in Angela Anaconda. These are all shows that I kind of know, but I feel like are known by people in our age group. Um, and he's still very, very booked and blessed to this day. However, we are not the demographic of the shows that he is on. And he now goes by Al and not Ali, probably because Hollywood is evil. But when he was a kid, it was Ali. So he's like listed as Ali on the IMDb for get a clue. And last but not least, we have Amanda Plummer as Miss Dawson. And I included her for one very significant reason. 
She's in Ratchet and she's in Pulp Fiction, but most importantly to this podcast, <laughs> she is the daughter of one Christopher Plummer. Aw, so he just passed. That's yeah. sad. That's sad for Amanda. I definitely was looking at her and I was like, this sad. I was like, this woman, she is special to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. I was really surprised. Like, I almost didn't include her, but then I realized that she was Christopher Plummer's daughter, so I put her on. And then I saw all of her other credits, and I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, she should be on this list. Yeah. So, there's Amanda. Audrey, you ready to yes. take us into this next zone? So, as for the budget, um, according to Wikipedia, it was listed as $1 million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot of money for a DCOM. Um, there is no critic score because yes. since it's a DCOM, it was made for TV. So there's no critical consensus. However, you know there are opinions about it, regardless of its <laughs> DCOM status. Um, so we've got a few yes. here. And these are critic reviews. Okay. The first one is... Your run-of-the-mill Disney Channel movie shot on the cheap in 2002 while trying to propel one of their young stars into the heavens. <laughs> um, the second one is Get a Clue displays style to spare bursting out of the starting gate only to stumble at the finish line tripped up by the wild tangle of awkwardly knotted loose ends. They are really trying with their words there. <laughs> yes. But this last one I like. The last one is, Get a Clue zips along with the help of an upbeat soundtrack, funky costumes, and Manhattan backdrops designed to inspire location envy. <laughs> location envy. Right. So that's what the critics had to say. Um, and the audience score was 42%. So... Seems weirdly low, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, seems weirdly low for what we yeah. got. The gossip section for July 2002. Uh, this was sort of the most relevant thing I found for us. So, in July 2002, this was a news item on Entertainment Weekly or whatever. Two former members of Destiny's Child agreeing to settle their lawsuits against the R&B group's current members, their managers, and Sony Music. Latoya Luckett and Latavia Robertson quit the group in 2000, but they later sued for fraud, defamation, and breach of contract. So the lineup drama was starting to finally cool off with Destiny's Child around this time. I feel like that's noteworthy. Um, in the summer of 2002, Cadet Kelly also came out, which... Also seems good to know. We're entering the Hillary Duff era. Lindsay Lohan is at large too. But it's so weird to think that these movies came out the same time because I feel like Lindsay Lohan still looks like a little kid in this movie yeah. and Hillary Duff already looked like older. Hillary Duff just looked older her whole life. Like she she really did. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Uh, teen People had a photo shoot pairing Jay-Z and Michelle Branch. <laughs> Why? I love that. Uh, because <laughs> they were in, I know, they were into these like quirky, like like quote unquote quirky, like mismatches of right. like up and up and coming acts as they described, which like to me, I'm like. Jay-Z was not up and coming by sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, maybe he was up and coming to, like, the mainstream, like, tween market or something. Um, That's true. Know. Yeah, because, like, beyond, he would be a new, 
you know, newly associated to Beyonce at that time. So yeah, it is kind of like right. a new a new market right. for sure. And then this last little piece of information, this isn't exactly gossip, but it's relevant. So I found this online. In 2005, Disney Channel had a special event naming the five best Disney Channel original movies, which led to the premiere of their new movie, Go Figure. I'm almost sure that Audrey and I watched this event. This film, as in uh, Get a Clue, placed number two by viewers with Stuck in the Suburbs at number five, Gotta Kick It Up at number four, Halloween Town High at three, Get a Clue at number two, and Cheetah Girls as number one in the summer of 2005. So this movie was really beloved by the fans. Yeah. I think that adds up. And it was pre-high school musical and camp rock and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I feel like those would like nudge their way into those slots probably. But like respect was paid to get a clue, which I appreciate. Yes. So speaking of our youths, Audrey, what did you remember about this movie before you rewatched it? Literally only two things. <laughs> okay. Two things in the whole movie. Actually, I guess three. One would be like their little headsets and their com- um, computers. And that was very cute. You know, we love that. Uh, the slow motion shot of Brenda and Lindsay going down the hallway. I remember mm-hmm. that, even though it's super, super brief and it's like not important. They just kind of put it in for style. <laughs> and then the, like I knew there was a song that had get a clue yeah. in it. But, I, and I, like, in my head, I was like, get up, it's me, it's you, it's me, it's you, get a clue. <laughs> like, nah, 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 get a clue. I knew it was that, but I had no idea if I made that up. Like, that is actually something that I would have made up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. no, that's something. I almost said that too. Like, I remember you like making fun of the song by like adding in way more things in the middle. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I guess, so I guess so... that was an established joke. I legitimately had no idea like where the source of that was in my head. Yes, it it was real. Okay, good. <laughs> I can con- I can corroborate your story. My two things that I really remember is that I remember when I saw this movie for the first time, I think it was probably, it might have even been during this like uh, decom countdown thing because I, by the time I was seeing it, Lindsay was like, very much like a teen. So seeing like the little girl version of her was super weird. And I don't think I had seen the parent trap yet. Like, I feel like I saw this movie before parent trap. So I was like, oh, wow, she uh, is so little. How strange. So I remembered that. And I remembered seeing Brenda song and that she was also a baby in it. And I just loved her and was like, she's such a cutie. And I do remember this movie being long so long for a decom and Audrey like will literally come into my house and stab me if I mention anything about length but I'm just (laughs) saying it's long it's a long movie but uh and and people had complaints with that on IMDb but I didn't include that part because I'm not saying that I'm not I didn't want to stir up a ruckus I'm not saying that it should have been as long as it was I'm just saying in general like before watching a movie like you shouldn't like have opinions about the runtime. <laughs> it's two hours, but it's not a painful two it's hours. Two I will say that. Hours. And it's an hour and forty. Oh, yes. really? <laughs> okay, that's significant. It's an hour and forty. I don't know why my brain sorted it into two hours. Because when I was watching it earlier today, I was like, this isn't that long. So okay, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> I thought it was two hours. 
it's not. But there are some moments where it drags, but it's not horrible. We'll get into that after uh, the break here. So fire up your Disney Plus or whatever. Maybe you taped this movie off of the TV back in 2005 or 2004. And people were still doing that at that time. So go give it a watch and come back and we'll discuss what it is. (laughs) What it is. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. We watched Get a Clue earlier today, but you probably just watched it now, hopefully. So let's talk about this movie. Um, I would like to propose a motion, Audrey, if you would be uh, so kind, as for us to start with the bad things. Okay, because there's so few Yes, because there are so few. So I'm just going to run through my bad things. They're not really that bad. It's just more so like snarky comments that I thought of or just like semi-negative things. So I thought it was funny that like being a gossip columnist is like being shat on so hard in this movie. I was like, what's wrong? It's still writing. Like, please. Um, and I also forgot that this movie was a decom, which, and I wrote that towards the beginning because that's when I saw a Disney Channel original movie. And I thought that that would make it like worse in the long run, mm-hmm. but that actually turned out to be a good thing. And we'll, we'll get into that later. But yes. I, I wrote, forgot this was a decom. Um, I wrote that it picks up a lot of inspiration from Clueless. Yes. I had the like, same thing. And like almost too much. Like that's how it almost became negative to me Mm -hmm. was because we've got headsets, we've got fashion like that. We've got this whole teacher's um, plot line and like Clueless has a teacher's plot line. Um, The rich girl, less rich boy (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, so I also thought that there was some real traceable Legally Blonde inspo in this because her knowledge of fashion is what saves the day as Elle's knowledge of hair is what saves the day. I literally also wrote down when fashion saves the day. Yeah, Yeah. like it's very that. Um, 
I wrote, what's with this weird teacher love trope? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's strange. I'm like, why are you portraying these teachers like they're like outcasts of the earth or something? <laughs> like, it's of just, the earth, yeah. It's weird. Um, at first, I thought that Jack was being a douchebag for no reason. Mm -hmm. And like... <laughs> I guess that's what they want you to think is that he's just like being sour to her for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And then and then all of a sudden they hit you with the hardest feel bad for Jack storyline. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like I'm a bad person. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I thought the the moment of like seeing a coat on a homeless man that is the same as your teacher's didn't make any sense because, oh, trust and believe there are tons of duplicate clothes out on the streets. Like, that's yes. not, that's not a thing. Also, it was like the most plain trench coat ever. Yes. Um... I thought that the Brooklyn house that Jack lives in is still huge and expensive. <laughs> I thought that same thing too, yeah. I was like, it's not Upper East Side penthouse, obviously, but it's it's not nothing. Yeah. Um, I thought that the Navy shirt that Jack was wearing was extremely heavy handed. Well, it was funny because I was sitting there and when he's like, his, it's like his brother's gone and he's like, oh yeah, my brother's not home. And out loud, I was like, he's in the Navy. And then he's like, he's in the Navy. I'm like, yeah, okay. Because the shirt is like screaming at you. My brother's in the Navy. And then in the picture on the wall, when he's standing with his brother, he's wearing the Navy t-shirt in the picture too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, that that's a little much. Um and I was sad that Brenda Song's character has no growth throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Um like at the end of the movie she's still like shallow or whatever. Yeah. Um but like in a fun way. Like it's still like in a fun cutesy way. Yeah. But her character had she did not learn anything from the experience in the same way that Lindsay's character did. Yeah, no. I mean, she barely um, got any kind of, like, depth, but she's really cute and fun, and yeah. I feel like that's kind of the point of her character, so. Yes. I also, and this is my last thing. You have a I lot. thought that the, I know, <laughs> I was really, I was really observing. Um, I thought that the way that, I was scared about the way that they were treating and reacting to the homeless guy. Yeah. Um, throughout the movie I was like what the hell is going on here I was so scared um about the way they were treating him and then of course it's like a reveal but still before the general public finds out it's a reveal the way that they are treating him is really not good yes yes I also thought that the way that the okay so spoiler it's like a city councilman <laughs> like dressed up as a homeless person or yeah. as a person experiencing homelessness I should say um like the way he's like hightailing it around the hotel I'm like what who would run like that like it makes no sense so yeah. that that struck me and honestly um a lot of the storyline in general, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yes, I had. Okay, so I'm going to clock in on that. So there were definitely yeah, moments. 
especially at the end where I was like, what? Like, like I was super confused <laughs> by the ending, but I didn't really care. I just like was ready for it to be tied up at that point. Um, but I only had three things written down as like nitpicky things. <laughs> okay. um, my first one was in the beginning when someone's parent comes in and talks about how she was in the CIA I was like, I don't think you can just come in and tell your kid's class that you were in the CIA. (laughs) I was like, that seems wrong. Right. So that was my first thing. My second thing was that there is this thing. It's in The Little Mermaid 2 also. I don't know what it is with (laughs) early 2000s movies and being like, I'm lying and crossing my fingers. Like, that's going to save me. Like, I hate it so much. It's like embarrassing. And she does that really heavy-handedly at one point. And then the last thing, or there's two more things actually, is that I really wanted uh, Mrs. Petrosian to have an accent. I was like, how are you going to paint this like Russian, like this deep Russian town and then like have her be like sort of like New York Jewish instead of New York, like Russian Brooklyn, which like, if you know me, you know I have... I had at one point ties to the community that ran quite deep. Um, And so when I saw like Brighton (laughs) Beach and everything, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to go there. Like, we're going to see we're going to see the Russians. And then we didn't. We just saw like another classically New York lady. But it's like they assumed that the audience wouldn't know better. And I was like, yeah, this is not the representation I'm looking for in my Brighton Beach scene. There was a lot of that. Um, which makes sense. I mean, I'm not saying like mo- a lot, most of the people that watch this movie don't have New York knowledge themselves or like didn't grow up there. So they're just kind of going with it. But there was a lot of things where I was like, that's not, <laughs> I was like, that's not, um, yeah. it's not true to life. But I do also just appreciate the fact that um, they even shot in New York at all for a decom. Like that is. Yeah, I was surprised. On the more I was rare really side. Yeah. Yeah. The school was in Toronto, though. I thought you would like to know. Yeah. (laughs) I sure was. I found out that piece of information. Okay. So, um, oh, I have two more. There's two more things I wrote under notable. And the first one is that Lindsay Lohan's child hands look exactly like Audrey's child hands to the point where we both (laughs) took a picture of the exact same shot and sent it to each other at the same time being like, look at these hands. So, yeah, Audrey, Audrey has fancy (laughs) hands and like, okay, the the video viewers, as you're seeing, she has fancy hands now. Imagine those hands on like an actual five-year-old with the nail length included. And that is what her hands looked like when she was little. And my nail, my nails aren't even long right now. Like this isn't good representation, but yeah. Yeah, Audrey. But they they used to be a lot more freckly than they are now. That is true. Um, and then. The other notable thing I wrote is that um, the part when Lindsay Lohan finds Mrs. Dawson tied up in the shower is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is a lot to be on Disney Channel. Like that part, that part was shocking. Um, But yeah. Okay. Those are all of my things that are not compliments. Now we can get into the, the affirmation shower for... Get a clue. Are you saying, are you saying the hand comparison was not a compliment? I was just saying that was a comment. (laughs) That was a comment. (laughs) All right. 
You 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 do some first, and then I'll I'll chime in. Okay, so so June Flower Vintage reached out to us, and she expressed how much she enjoys the show. And I was looking at her account and like how cool it is, and um all the vintage clothes. And I figured she must have extensive knowledge in this category. So I was like, (laughs) oh, like let's collab in some way. And we ended up landing on Get a Clue. So if you look at our middle, um, it'll be the middle grid post on Instagram. It has Mm -hmm. a bunch of like facts and knowledge about the fashion in Get a Clue and like where you could potentially find it and like cool stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So shout out to her, shout out to Emma. Thanks, Emma. Really did her. She really did her research, and (laughs) um, (laughs) and like, I'm glad because some of the fashion, like that blue dress at the end, I was shook at that dress. I was shook at the the blue dress at the end. I loved it. That was my favorite dress in the whole thing. I was like, those butterflies are everything to me. Yeah, it was really good. I loved that look in general. Um, again, I appreciate Lindsay Lohan's freckle representation. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, people used to say I looked like her when I was little, but the truth is we just both had freckles and like, that's it. That's kind and of really it. light skin. But like, I, I, yeah, like I sort of see it, but, um, Karen, the name of the character is Karen. She's the little girl with the big curly pigtails. She is a supportive queen and we love Karen (laughs) and Karen deserves her flowers. She was like really supportive. I noticed that too. And like her eyes are really big and blue and she was just like really excited the whole time. Yeah, she was just like, she was like, fuck Jack, like, you're going to go to the Daily Post or whatever. <laughs> or the, yeah. the New York Post. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. I I appreciated her. I thought that they were going to frame her as, like, a nerd or something, but they didn't. And I was like, yes! Like, I also loved that she looked like she was, like, five years younger than everyone else. Like, she's, like, yeah. the scene where you see her in, like, the journalism room from behind, and it looks like she's at, like, a high table. Like, she's so little. Yeah. I know she was really young, but I feel like that was one of those situations where they probably got her audition and they were like, we just have to include her somehow. (laughs) Like, we got to get this girl in here. Um, I appreciated that both the parents were alive. Josh and I, I was watching this with Josh, who's my boyfriend that I live with, and we talked about that too. We were like, wow, supportive dad, mom who's alive. Love that in this movie. Yeah, but Lindsay, Lindsay definitely inserted some like weird subtext into her performance regarding the mom and like resenting the mom working and stuff. (laughs) But it was all it did. It never came back. So it was like, okay. Um, I thought that this is like my soapbox for this movie. And the reason that this movie works so much better than New York Minute, and I feel like that is a a real comparison oh, because yeah. they both take place in New York. They're and both like caper movies. Are both movies where there's weird men following them, um, and whatnot. 
but I thought that uh, Get a Clue does such a such a better job at it because the entire structure and plot events are relevant to uh, Lindsay's character's Lexi, her main desire mm-hmm. and what she wants to do with her life. So like, it's not, it is compelling to see her talk to like a detective, these like weird old guys, because you know that that is something that she wants to pursue in her life and that it's like relevant to her um, goals at the time. Yeah. And like New York Minute was 100% missing that element. It was like, this twin has this objective. This twin has this objective. Now let's throw a monkey wrench into <laughs> all of those goals and just have them get completely sidetracked in doing other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know how I feel when you say monkey you wrench. Like, but I, I checked it and it's monkey real. wrench is a, the correct term. It's so funny. Um. They said, get a clue four times in this yes, movie. Yes, yes, they did. They did. Um, I thought the weird little sister was very unexpected. I was just going to say, I loved, A, perfect casting. She was so weird. B, yeah. um, <laughs> I loved that, like, we just, for once, in one of these sorts of movies, got, like, an unexplained young girl genius who's weird and sciencey. Yes. Like, mischief. Like, I feel like... I don't think that Matt in Lizzie McGuire was particularly smart or good at anything. He was kind of just like a fuck ass, but like that sort of vibe was still there. And I was like, I love that she just gets to be good at this. And like, we don't find out why or care. And like when her sister shits on her, it's not because she's smart. It's just because she's annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just because she's annoying and she's a little sister, you know? Um, yeah, and I, I, like, when she turned around, she, like, in one of the shots, she, the little sister, like, turns around and goes to the door, and her I, hair is, like, past no. her butt. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, that's part of what makes the casting so perfect. I'm like, this girl looks weird and has hair that goes past her butt. Like, she is the real deal. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, this she came off the street. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote the role for her. They brought her right oh in. My God, that's so funny. Um, I thought that the spy outfits were really good. Yes. Um, the, that hot, Which you know, kind of like I was what just I have about in- to say when she walked down with the hot half, half up, half down, like thick hair, gorgeousness. I was like, I, I literally screamed out loud. That is what I want. Like, that is my dream hair. <laughs> like, that is what I want so badly. And I know I'll never get it. But like in my heart, I want it so bad. Yeah, her her hair looked great in this entire movie. Yep. Um, and then I also thought that the teacher, like, um, what's her name? Uh, Dawson. Miss Dawson. Yeah, I thought her earnesty and like that acting moment at the very mm-hmm. end. I thought it was actually really good. I was like, she's kind of bringing it home for us right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, it would be like maybe a little lackluster, but. It's kind of like instead of the scene with the mom or something, it's the scene with Miss Dawson. Yes. And uh yeah, yeah. That that's my that those are my those things, are things I appreciate. Okay. So yeah. I have a significant amount too, but let me just I think we covered actually kind of a lot of them. We sort of wrote the same things. Um 
first of all, I really always love it when the beginnings of these movies have like unnecessary Y2K tech elements, like loved the video chat where there's like no visible camera on their computers. I'm like, yes, like (laughs) give it to us. That was great. Um, I, next I had Brenda Song's hair, like when it's flipped out all the time, I'm like, beautiful um I really liked the filmmaking in the part where when the dad wakes her up with the news that her teacher is missing and it's all this like shaky cam (laughs) I was like yeah I was like a little heavy I thought it was funny um and I also loved the scene where Brenda and Lindsay are like talking about like the issues of the day and for some reason it's like this ring light lit like fashion montage yeah like they look amazing they're just like they don't explain why they're changing outfits and why they're doing makeovers but that's just like what they do like for girl time I guess and they're like clearly in a department store the whole time and I'm like this is this is giving everything to me so I loved that it's another it's like a it's like taking you know taking a page out of Yes, yes. And Legally Blonde. And I would like to say that um, one of the other things that is, like, so aggressively Clueless-esque about this, and this is not deep, but, like, when uh, when Lexi, not Lindsay, when Lexi is in Jack's house and they're, like, talking about bowling (laughs) or whatever, it just, like, struck me. It's like, oh, she's getting a clue about life as well as about yeah. the case. And I was like, okay, haha, I got a clue. So there was that. Yeah. Um, no, like literally down to the title, it is a takeoff of Clueless. Literally the word clue. <laughs> it's like Clueless, but it's like a, it's like a G-rated Clueless. Um, yeah. And I think that. There is like zero misogyny in this movie, which we will come back to at the end. And I think there is some mm-hmm. in Clueless because it was like a teen movie, you know. So yeah, like I don't think that's a, I don't think it's a reason to hate no. on it. I just think it's extremely palpable and and that it's like adorable, like that they made like a G-rated Clueless. Like that's yeah. what that's what children need. Right. Like I am okay with yeah. it. So. I loved the line. I loved the line when Lindsay Lohan comes out of the subway in Brooklyn and she looks around at everyone and she goes, what a riot. Who knew? (laughs) I'm like, what child would ever say what a riot? Like that would not happen. Yeah. But I loved that. I and. If I may, I felt like the way that they depicted Brooklyn was like the exact opposite of what they did in New York Minute. Like it was like an actually really realistic depiction of Brooklyn. Yeah. No, I wrote that down, too, because, you know, like she comes out of the subway, which she was so apparently like intimidated to take or whatever, which is like not really a thing. Like if you're a new if you've lived in New York your whole life, like it kind of doesn't matter like what socioeconomic class you're in. Everybody takes a subway, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um. Like, that just is unlikely. But anyway, yeah, when she comes out of the train and she's in Brooklyn, I thought that those shots were so adorable. And I thought that the way that she reacted to being in Brooklyn was so cute because you're expecting her to be like, ew, like, why am I out here? Like Brenda Song's character was. Um, 
<laughs> but no, she she's she's pretty open minded as an individual. She literally was like, huh, who knew? <laughs> I thought it was cute. It was really cute. So I'm glad you enjoyed that, too, because I really got a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, I really thought that the line where this is another specific thing. It's like around the same time when they see like the principal of the school walking around in Brooklyn and Lindsay's like, she doesn't have a nosebleed south of 14th street. I'm like, no one would get that, but like we got it. And I just thought that was funny. That is like a trope line though. Like people do, they, that has, that is always said in things. Yes. Like that's said in Gossip Girl a lot. It's said in like New York Well, because it used, yeah. I mean, pre-gentrification, you know, it used to be like things got shadier, yes. I guess. Um, 80s, 90s, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the only thing that we had not talked about yet um, is this. And I feel like it actually feeds really well into our overall point. So I really liked in the end how, her knowledge of fashion got to save the day. It wasn't like a weakness that she was vilified for. And I liked that at the very end, she was like, oh, I went shopping, but like, oh, I got you something like to the boy. And I was like, yeah. she still gets to have her passion areas and she isn't cool girling herself. Like that doesn't happen in this movie. Right. And I feel like that is so beautiful to witness and just uh, so rare in this genre of movie Mm -hmm. and I really appreciated that about it and that's what feeds into the overall thing which is like why this is New York Minute but better which is that this movie is just focused on its characters and it's also just focused on like telling a good story where the main characters like happen to be girls more than anything else um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't hate its female characters at all There's no not like other girls moment. There's no competition Mm -mm. between friends moment. It's just purely about learning and growing. And like solving (laughs) this weird crime, Uh, which like the crime is a little bit uh, confusing. And I will. The crime is a stretch. I will also say. (laughs) The crime is a stretch. Let me just clarify one thing that I think would be really helpful. Um, And it's in the script. The original ending of Get a Clue was that Mrs. Stern was behind it all. Um, And for some reason, they decided to rewrite it. And I don't know why. I mean, I could, like, guess why, but I don't think any of my guesses would actually be true to the reason why. Um, But they did a reshoot deep into 2001, like, pretty much a while after they wrapped and reshot the ending. So... As that one critic said, the ending is like really jumbled and kind of confusing. Like, yeah, it is. But and no one is. really cares yeah. <laughs> that. I mean, at least I didn't care no. that it was jumbled. And like we do, again, have to give credit where credit is due. We do have to give Miss Lohan her yeah. flowers yeah. for this performance because and it's in every movie, every movie that Lindsay Lohan is in. She just she just brings a level of reality mm-hmm. to it that may not have otherwise been yes. there. Um, and she did it again. <laughs> She's done it again, <laughs> folks. Um, yes, we are campaigning for her to return to the acting scene, win an Oscar by 2030. That's what I'm Honestly, saying. Honestly, I would love to see her back in things. Like, she is so amazing in this movie. She's so cute 
but like so much more than just being cute. Like she's a real ass person. And yeah, I just really appreciated everything that she put into this movie. And I do think that if she wasn't the lead, it could have been really boring. But because it's her, oh, it was yeah. good. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think it would have been really boring. But, you know, there's just a certain intrigue that comes with Lindsay Lohan. And like clearly Disney knew that and they signed her up for three. Yes. So, um, yeah, that was a good move on their part. Yeah. But yeah, just we we had to had to mention her yeah. performance. I mean, also, I think something that's so great about this movie too is like the only thing I put in the problematic column was the homeless guy thing and that got resolved in a way that at least made it made made it make sense. Um yeah. And there was not a shred placed. of anything else. Like, I think the only thing, only thing, only thing would be that, like, there are two, there's, like, a lead white boy and a lead white girl, and then, like, the side characters are both people of color, and they, like, get no personalities. Um, or, like, they get personalities, yeah. but it's very one note. So, like, there's that. Yes. But considering how bad it could have been, as things have very recently been demonstrated to us, it's like, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is... Like, this could still hold up to this day. It does hold up. Oh, yeah. It does hold up. And in in the beginning, I was like, oh, like, you know, she's extremely privileged. She's spoiled, blah, blah, blah. But that is the point, if you will. Um, yeah. It does fall into the genre of rich girl learns a lesson thing. Um, but yes. Why did you make that face? I accidentally kicked the ring light. And so the, the video is going to shake <laughs> for a second. um yeah so get a clue does fall into that type of movie like clueless like legally blonde like material girls i also was writing i also was writing about material girls um it's actually it's like my final statement on is this movie good slash worthwhile would you like to hear it (laughs) yes please please so i think that get a clue is good and worthwhile for youths still today. Um, because essentially the fact that it was a decom and was released as um, a TV movie meant that it couldn't be edgy in the same way or make an attempt at humor or edge in the same way that other movies of its time did, like Material Girls or New York Minute. Mm-hmm. But that ended up being its greatest strength yes. instead of its eventual hugest weakness um, because it just observes without making judgments on every single aspect that comes across the screen. Like it's not, um, it's just not trying for anything other than um, it's not, it's not trying for any like political takes or like just nothing of the sort We're just looking at the characters. They have goals. They have motivations. And we'll see those through and also have some fun stylistic moments on the way. Yeah. That's that's all, you know, it turns out that's all you really want from a movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I totally agree. Um, And I think that, honestly, I couldn't say anything else. I think you said it perfectly. Um. Really cute movie, really good casting. I would show it to a child now and have no reservations about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would go into it boldly. <laughs> yeah, and the outfits are truly uh, amazing. Every outfit is amazing. So watch it for the style inspiration alone, if nothing else, because it's really good. And I also appreciate, too, that, like, the um, Jack, you know, how Jack was like, you're so shallow, like, you like fashion, blah, 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 blah. You know, they both come around yeah. to each other's things or whatever in a way that doesn't feel, like, entirely fake. Yes. Like, I, I thought they actually did a pretty good job. Um, of of wrapping it up in that moment after the teachers leave from their wedding or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that I thought that little moment where the camera is sort of like dollying down with with them. They're yeah. walking down the sidewalk, and there's just the four of them, and they're just this cute little friend group. And I I really yeah. like. Let's it. not forget the be- one of the best things too. The voiceover when she goes, "New York City yeah. is the greatest city in the world." You have great adventures, good friends, and if you can't find it, hmm, you just have to get a clue. I was like, and good night. Yeah. <laughs> and smashed black. And, yeah. you know, that is extremely reminiscent of the Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen voiceovers she did. That is true. About New York. That is true. Remember when she's like, yeah. New York, like some of the stuff she says about New York in that movie is just like so yeah. Such over a the reach. top. But, you know, you got to let her have her flowers. She didn't write the script. She's just living her life. Exactly. Um, And I think that's all we have to say on Miss Yeah, I think... I think we love her. I think we've, I think we, we had a more positive reaction to get a clue than we have since like Little Mermaid 2. I think so. I think that is totally true. <laughs> it's a cute movie. It's good shit. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, we hope you enjoyed this moment with us. Uh, we have a yes, very, very, very exciting episode. If you didn't hear the hint from last week, the Bring It On episode, um, the one that we, <laughs> the one that <laughs> Hannah came up with is the the per the person that we are interviewing is Posh Spice. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and just do on that. If if you didn't hear it, you didn't think of it. There you go. We're giving you another chance. And also be sure to follow at June Flower Vintage on Instagram and check out all of the fun little mood board things she did yes. um, in collaboration with us for this movie because it's very fun and I've had fun talking to her and looking at everything. Yeah. So yeah, make sure you follow her. Cool. Well, until next time. Bye. Get a clue. Get a clue. <laughs> <laughs> You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with all our latest creative projects at twopinkpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Yay. Search sleepover cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at twopinkpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepover cinema and that's really where the party is at. It's true. And if you like Sleepover Cinema, please share an episode with a few friends. 
Also, since we're asking for things, please leave us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Um, For some reason, they're super powerful and we would always appreciate a nice review. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman, and theme music is by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. We'll chat again soon. (laughs) I had to answer a question. Let's fucking rumble. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.